Hello, welcome to Problems of America with your host, Will Pennington. And my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. We have a lot of stuff to discuss. Uh, many, many topics, many, many things going on. Um, and many, many problems in America. So we're uh, going to add to all to have a good discussion about many of the things going on including the lawsuits by the several different states including Texas and some of the other things that are implicating things and, and stuff about the pandemic as well and other things um, we'll try to discuss most of the majority of the topics I can get to because um, there's much out there uh, there's much going on and the challenge of what's going on with the Electoral College and things. So, um, one of the things the legislation is trying to do is trying to change the legislation in the states to manipulate the legislation that is required by the federal law. And it's the old question of who has the more authority, the, the federal, or the, is it a greater republic? Is it the state or is it the national republic which that was settled at the end of the civil war in 1867 when they ratified the what they consider the supremacy clause but there's different deals in the articles and things that talks about the electoral college and things like that and how that the electoral college and the legislatures and stuff are supposed to follow but some of these governors and things like that are trying to do things that I, th I believe to be in violation of constitutional law and things like that. And that's why I'm looking to hear back from you <clears throat> and my audience. And my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. And I really like to hear your opinions about what these governors are doing. Just like the governor, one of the governors, uh, I think it was in California, I think it was, in the stay-home order and that, the sheriff says, we're not going to enforce that because it's unconstitutional. And, and uh, the, the governor is trying to turn it into a police state on the behalf of the health issues and stuff like that. And I don't think he can do it because we haven't declared martial law in this country and various other things. And some of these governors and municipalities think that they're police states and they're almighty. And that's a problem. We need to, we need to uh, kind of corral our representatives and things like that and clean this thing out. They explain to them, they work for us. We don't work for them. This is not a socialist country. This is not a communist country. This is a democracy and a republic. And they're trying to make it like it was a communist or, or a socialist republic. And I don't know about you, but I know I fought against that during the Cold War and that against Russia and China and communist aggression. That was one of the things that JFK definitely was, was after. He, he, and Senator McCarthy and a young attorney by the name of Bobby Kennedy. But that was the McCarthy hearings and things back in the old days. And we got a, a other things, too. Like, um, what do you think we should do about illegals voting in an American election when they're not even citizens of this country? Why, how come their votes are being counted for Biden and them when they're not even an actually legal voter? So why are, have they been allowed to do that and not criminally prosecuted for falsifying government documents and things like that? Because a voting, a registration and voting is falsifying government documents. And if they're falsifying doc, government documents, then that should face the penalty of jail. And that's what they should do with these illegals and things that aren't registered to vote or, or people that use other people's names to get voting certificates. They should be, they should be charged criminally and rounded up. Especially for these Democrats, rats that voted for Biden and, and falsified various voting machines and vote votes and registrations. Because those are all government documents, and that's actually falsifying governmental documents, which is criminal.
but anyways I wanted to hear back from you on your uh, on the audience and like I said my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com I'm fixing to change it for the podcast uh, to create a separate email for it but right now it's willpennington064 at gmail.com and uh that's some of the topics and we have more going on that we'll get to in just a minute okay we're back um uh, there, there's many of the topics, like I said, and, and the Dominion voting machine, scorecard, hammer, all this stuff, and yet the mainstream media keeps saying they have heard nothing about all this, or they're not reporting it, and that's why they're declaring Bud in the winter, when he's not, when clearly that Trump and his legal teams have been filing lawsuits and things like that, and if they actually win these lawsuits, it, what do you think's going to happen? I, I believe I know what's going to happen is he's not going to have the 270 votes to win and it's going to go to the legislatures and the courts and I think it's already beginning to see that we're already beginning to see that from this election and this election with the fraud and everything it may be declared invalid and uh, the election may be uh, worthless because of this uh, Dominion voting machines the scorecard stuff and the hammer software and scorecard software as well as uh, the votomatic machines and then there was some evidence that these people that brought in these votes and the rise forbidden votes and all that because they had hidden ballots under things and then they kept repeatedly running them through voting machines and with no one really there and one of their own people actually a democrat actually got film of them doing it so tell me what you think we should do about that um and i said my my uh email is willpennington064 at gmail.com and i'd love to hear back from the audience and be sure to tell your friends and things that problems of america and as on spotify and several other uh podcast platforms so be sure you spread the word to your friends if they're interested in listening to the podcast and the things that I talk about, because I do talk about many different subjects and things and try to keep a, a library where you can go back to old programs and listen to the topics and things that I had on the older shows so you can keep yourself posted of what's going on. And I continue my podcast and stuff like that. Um... But this is Problems of America, and this is your host, Will Pennington. And my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear back from you. And we're trying to keep everything going, and we have to look at the morning news, which, because everything is, uh, during the weekend, it's hard to get the news, but... There's a lot that happens over the weekend and during the week. And, and a lot of times it's shut down till Monday morning. But anyways, this is uh, Problems of America and it's on Spotify and other, several other platforms. And I am your host, Will Pennington on Problems of America. And um, there was... Uh, Another thing that happened, uh, the chemical explosion and stuff in uh, West Virginia and that, and the chemical plant, and our, our, uh, it's really a bad thing. That's why they told them to shelter in place there in West Virginia, I think it was. I'll have to look, get back to that story because that just happened recently. Um, but anyways, um, back to the election. And the different states of the election, like Georgia and Michigan and what's going on in Pennsylvania. And even Arizona had deals, too, that was going on. But uh, that's why we're covering all this. 
we're trying to and this is the first segment of the three segment show of December 10th hello we're back and welcome to problems of America and I'm your host Will Pennington and this is segment two of the December 10th 2020 show on uh, Thursday and we're going to get back to the different things going on with the elections and things like that uh, there's been lawsuits filed in like Texas um, and the states they're challenging this different stuff so we're waiting to see what's going to happen with that as well and uh, many other states governors and other legislatures and things like that are going back and forth about legislation trying to change the legislation and stuff which I don't believe they can because some of the legislation they can change but I don't think they can implement it because of the federal law so that's going to be an interesting court challenge as well um, because the articles and things of the electoral college and that are actually in the federal law and I don't believe a state can change the legislature to where it can uh, change the federal law the electoral college and how the electoral college is run by the federal government because the federal law is the supreme rule of the land actually and that was settled back in 1867 when they passed the supremacy clause it was proposed by Lincoln in 1865 and 1867 it was ratified by the Congress which gave the federal authority the greater authority because it was the greater republic as they were worded the way they worded it and that's why it's been known as the supremacy clause ever since it went into effect in 1867 um, I don't know how many of you knew about that history and that during the Civil War because the Civil War really didn't have much to do with slavery it, it, the slavery was involved in like the third year when the Civil War was almost all over with but the original argument that caused the Civil War was between the federal government and the state's rights. The states claimed they had the greater authority, and the federal government said they had the federal, the, the greater. That is why the North was called the Union, or the Federalists, and, and for that reason they were called the Federalists, and that's why the Confederate States of America, which were the rebels and the Confederates, and that was... Uh, how that came into being and that was some of our our history during the Civil War which led to the uh, 1865 proposal uh, of the Supremacy Clause and ratification of it after the Civil War in 1867 but anyways that was to make the the federal law the supreme rule of the land and that's why it's called the Supremacy Clause and that's part of our constitutional law so that's some of the things which they'll have to go by as they file these courts because there's these states against another state has to file it in the federal court system and the supreme court so it's going to be a very interesting cases that will be challenged and, and things in the supreme court and the different presidents that they'll be using because like one of the presidents that was set was the lawsuit between uh, Bush versus Gore down in Florida. So we have some of that situation again, but a little different. And there's other things too that are coming up with some of the other investigations and things that have revealed some other things. And it's like, how did these people get away with it? because it, it looks like an outright coup and how did these people even get were able to pull it try to pull it off because most of these people if it's an outright coup they should have been arrested and, and thrown in jail because that it's illegal for them to do that and I don't know if they knew that or not but it is and uh, the conspiracy with the Democrats and Democrats <laughs> as I call them because uh, there's many of them in there that are identically socialist which is similar to Karl Marxism and Karl Marxism is what led to socialism and communism is the path to communism 
And communism is something that I fought against during the Cold War because, well, we actually fought it during Vietnam, too, because if you ever read the 1962 papers, it's either 61 or 62 of uh, JFK and the speeches he made about stopping the spread of communist aggression, which also included the socialist ag aggression that led to communism. And that goes all the way back to Karl Marx. And I don't know how many of you know who Karl Marx is or have studied him or even know anything much about him. We did because of the Cold War, but uh, I don't know how many of you... I'm older, so I, I remember a lot more because I go all the way back to the days of Eisenhower. And uh, I had the benefits of his wisdom and things during the Cold War as well. So... Uh, I'm. This is uh, Problems of America, and I'm your host, Will Pennington, and this is the December 10th, 2020, Thursday edition of my podcast on Spotify and other uh, podcast platforms, and uh, I'm including the different segments and things. Uh, this is the second segment. I had the first segment on earlier. And we talked about several of the different issues and things. And this is coming up on the other uh, voting issues and other things. Because we were talking about uh, people who registered that aren't even citizens of this country. And how can people who are not citizens of this country register to vote when it clearly says you must be an American citizen? Something's wrong with that picture, and that's something that needs to be looked at as well. Because if you, how do you vote when you're not even a citizen of this country? Yet we find voting people with votes and things when they're not even an actual citizen and they're not verified. And how did they even obtain a voting registration if they're not a citizen? So that's another question. Something's wrong with how we register to vote if they don't know what they're doing and they're registering people who aren't even citizens of this country. So, uh, my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your come back on your comments and things on this uh, because uh, that's a little. <laughs> very very weird type of election issue too because you got people voting that aren't even there uh, they're using other people's identities and they're using this and that and, and that's identity theft and things like that that was a 2008 uh, crime in the electronic electronic crimes bill back in uh, 2008 when they passed the electronic crimes bill uh, on identity theft and things like that so I'd really love to hear back for you about on that too as well and, and what we should do with this stuff these people are doing things and then um, the FBI investigations and the Steele dossier and uh, many of the other topics as well as I've covered here and there and the investigation's still going on with that and how they halted the investigation and all that and tried to stop it and how that they got the different uh, people doing different things and it's just unbelievable. So I want to hear back from my audience on, on that topic as well because what do you think we should do about our elections to protect it from foreign interference and what are we doing using foreign uh, software programs and machines and things like that when it's an American election? Why are we using foreign resources and things? And why are people from foreign countries voting in our elections? So uh, that's several of the topics I want to get back to you on. So my email at Problems of America is... Uh, problems. The Problems of America is my podcast, and I'm your host, Will Pennington, and I'm on Spotify and several other podcast platforms, and um, I'd really like to hear back on your opinions, so my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com, 
and I'd really like to hear back on your comments and things uh, on these uh, various topics that we've covered and will be covering because I'm sure there's more going to be coming down the pike here uh, as the lawsuits and other things play out especially about all the other information and things that's going on so uh, I, I like to hear from uh, the audience which you which is you and uh, hear from an email at willpennington064 at gmail.com and this is Problems of America uh, and I'm your host Will Pennington and I'm on Spotify and several other platforms for my podcasts and I'd love to hear back from you or if you got a topic that you'd like me to cover please send me an email about it and uh, maybe I can get the material and get the podcast on for uh, and discuss it and hopefully I'll have some guests on before long working on uh, learning how to do that because some of this is new to me but I'm, I'm learning as I go because I used to have a blog but now I'm doing podcasts I went into radio so anyways I'm your host Will Pennington at Problems of America and my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com and I'd love to hear back from you soon thank you Hello, and welcome to Problems of America. I'm your host, Will Pennington, and my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. I was reading through some things that are very interesting in the constitutional law, and I think it's very interesting with what's going on, because it talks about the president, vice president, and things like that, and the elections, and... Some of the things I read, the president and vice president of the United States campaign together and are elected as a team and not individually following the adoption of the 12th Amendment of the United States U.S. Constitution, which was drafted to prevent the nation's two highest elected officials from being from opposing political parties. Article 2 of the Constitution, the procedure is further Hence, by a number of federal and state laws concerning the operation of the election, especially in the terms of the means of the casting ballots and how. Do electors cast one vote for president? Now, the electors do not cast two votes for president, rather that they cast one vote for president and another one for vice president. In the case no presidential candidate receives the majority of vote, which is the 270 electoral votes to win the majority of the votes to elect them, and it can't be verified, and if it can't be verified, neither party does, then in the case presidential candidate receives the majority, or, or the House choosing from the top three, not five, as before the 12th Amendment, the 12th Amendment was ratified on June 15, 1804, and changed to a portion of Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitutional Law of Electing a President. A portion of the 12th Amendment was, however, changed by the 20th Amendment, and the electorals shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with it with themselves they shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president and shall be made distinct list of all persons voted for the president and all persons voted for as vice president and the number of the votes for each which list, which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the President of the United States Senate. I found that very interesting, especially with the contested votes and things like that. So uh, I want to hear back from my audience. And this is Problems of America. And I'm your host, Will Smith, and my email is 064 at gmail.com. Um, 
But I find it very interesting if that's the case because under the Constitution it said they have to meet by December 12th if neither party can be verified the Electoral College to prove that they have the 270 vote majority. If neither party has the 270 vote majority, then the Electoral College must meet on December 12th in the Constitution. However, well, because it's a weekend, it will be December 14th of 2020 when if the neither party can verify that they have the 270 majority votes to win the election, then it, it requires the Electoral College to cast the vote for president and vice president and make a list and submit it in a writing to the president of the Senate. And that's very interesting since the Senate is a Republican party. It's a Republican-controlled Senate. So that this almost has the eerie feeling of Bush versus Gore <laughs> back in Florida. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'd like to hear from the audience and tell your friends about my show, the podcast, Problems of America, here on uh I'm on Spotify and several other plot platforms now, but uh, I wanted to cover some of this in the Constitution with the, what things that are going up and bring bring to you the attention to the different things as well as the some of the D.C. rallies and stuff that Trump had that was very interesting. And this is a very interesting time that We'll see if the Electoral College does the job like it's supposed to. And because uh, the mainstream media is calling Biden a winner, but Biden can't be a winner if they contested and they can't certify that he has the 270 electoral votes to win. And since they can't certify that, that means by the date and the constitutional requirement that the Electoral College has to meet and decide who's going to be president and vice president. So uh, we'll wait to hear about that on December 14th, Monday morning, when it's under the Constitution that the Electoral College must meet if neither party can verify or certify that they have the 270 electoral votes. And that's under our constitutional law. So let's see what happens. And I thought this would be a good broadcast since it's uh, Saturday, December 12th. And we're two days away from December 14th. So, anyways, uh, I'm your host, Will Pennington for Problems of America. And my podcast, my email on the podcast is willpennington064 at gmail.com. So I'd like to hear from the audience your comments and things. And email me and let me know what's, what you think about this situation. And give me your opinions and, and email me so I can see what you think about all this but uh the way i read it and the way it shows that they can't verify the votes of the electoral college uh, the 270 majority that means it goes to the electoral college and the electoral college has to actually cast the ballots and it actually has to record their names on those ballots the people of the electors and that that have to actually record their names and submit that list to the head of the senate so uh, it's very interesting, and I hope to hear back from you. And my email is willpennington at g o sixty four at gmail dot com. So that's a it's a quick broadcast, a quick podcast tonight. But I thought it's an interesting one due to the situation and things with the presidential and vice president elections, and there may be other problems coming too. But we'll discuss that on another podcast. But anyways, this is a quick podcast on December 12th at 2020. Thank you. Hey. This time we don't have to go rescue Mary. Yeah, we might have to rescue Mary this time. Hello, and welcome to Problems of America. I'm your host, Will Pennington, and this is my Sunday, December 20th episode. And I'm going to start with 
a little information and this is where it's starting. The President and the Vice President of the United States campaign together and are elected as a team and not individually following the adoption of the 12th Amendment of the United States U.S. Constitution, which was drafted to prevent the nation's two highest elected officials from being from opposing political parties. In Article 2 of the Constitution, the procedure is further enhanced by a number of federal and state laws concerning the operation of the elections, especially in the terms of the means of casting ballots and how. Do electors cast one vote for president? Now, electors do not cast two votes for president. Rather, they cast one vote for president and another for vice president. In the case, no president candidate receives a majority, which is the 270 electoral votes that conclude a majority of the, of the votes. The House chooses from the top three, not five, as before the 12th Amendment required. The 12th Amendment, ratified in June 15th of 1804, changed a portion of Article 1, Section 1, and a portion of the 12th Amendment was changed by the 20th Amendment. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be a inhabitant of the state, same state, with themselves, and they shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president and they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for the president and all persons voted for as vice president and the number of votes for each which lists they shall sign and certify, certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the president of the Senate, which happens to be the vice president, by the way. Um, that's who is the president of the Senate, is actually the vice president. And when there's uh, a tie voting between the electors and things, it's the vice president that casts the deciding vote. So that would be Mike Pence right now as the head of the Senate. Anyways, that's just some of the things that is in the new election deals and, and some of the contested election states and things like that that's going on. And the electoral college and things have to meet because neither party actually is verified with the majority of the vote. So the electoral college will have to meet and cast their votes individually, record them, and transmit them to the head of the Senate. And, and if there's nobody with 270 electoral votes and there's a tie in the Senate, then the, the deciding vote will be cast by the Vice President, who is the head of the Senate. Anyways, that's just some of our Constitution and how it was changed and stuff regarding elections. And there's still election issues because there were dead people voting, there were illegal ballots counted that people voted that weren't even allowed or legally voted. Uh, there were people that weren't residents, there were people that were uh, dead, which, and there were ballots and things that were changed by these uh, Dominion voting machines and scorecard and software and many of the things like that, which actually is a criminal offense and which is why the Dominion voting machines and things like that should be seized for forensic evidence and things like that from these uh, different states, counties, and things like that. The federal authorities should be seizing these machines and software programs because it will play a role in the, as far as evidence. And if the courts will not listen or see evidence in the court system, then we have a problem in the court, court systems when judges refuse to see evidence that's before them and they won't allow evidence to be seen, then we have a problem in the court system as well, which is the judicial branch of the government, because we have three separate but equal branches of government, the executive, the judicial, and the legislative branch. 
and each branch is supposed to operate independently of the other branch, but they are involved in checks and balances of each branch, which is a, a issue of the Constitution, but they, they actually are separate branches of government, equal in all respects, same as the executive branch is equal to the judicial branch, and the judicial branch is equal to the legislative branch, because even when the legislatures and things pass laws, there has to be what is called a judicial review. Before it can be a law, or actually implemented, if it goes through, pass through the legislature, and it goes to the president to sign to become a law, then there is what they call a judicial review. And that judicial review has to determine whether any of the proposed law that the president and the legislature signed off violates any of the Constitution, and that's what's called a judicial review of the law. Because it, before it can be actually implemented, the judicial have to review it to see if it violates any of the Constitution, any of the federal laws under the United States codes, and things like that before they can allow it to become a law. If they find there, there is no violation of the law with that, then they will pass it and at, implement the law. But that's called a judicial review, and, and many people are not familiar with that with, unless you're involved in the judicial branch of the government, which is the judges, attorneys, prosecutors, and things like that. And I have a new book coming out that you may be interested in. It's called The Modern American Outlaw Series in Defense of America is the book one title of it. And it's a story about Americans defending America against the socialist and communist oppression and treason against our country. And it's a book, basically a contemporary book based on possible uh, possibility of the things that can happen in this country. And I, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to getting this book out. It, it's going to be <laughs> something else. But, it's going to be a series of books, and the first one in the, in the title of the series, of the, the Modern American Outlaw series, is In Defense of America is book number one. Anyways, uh, I'm your host, Will Pennington, and my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com, and I'd like to hear some of your comments about some of this stuff. And uh, there's uh, much going on with the Dominion machines and the... Uh, hammer software and much of the different uh, problems with uh, the judges and lawsuits and things like that and there's even some calls for the impeachment of some government uh, governors and things because of these elections and the things going on with these elections and what they allowed there's several different uh, calls for impeachments of governors, and there's uh, and even possible recall of representatives that uh, have also been involved in this election fraud and things. So there's much going on in our country, and mainstream media doesn't want to cover it because mainstream media belongs mostly to the left, which is the Democrats and the, the socialist identity socialists of the Communist Party. And I don't know how many people of you are familiar with Operation Chromite that goes back to Korea and General MacArthur and Harry S. Truman. And MacArthur wanted to go beyond the 38th parallel during Korea. And President Truman didn't want him to go beyond the 38th parallel because he was afraid China would get involved in the war. So he stopped MacArthur at the 38th parallel and he removed MacArthur eventually as a commander over there, as the United Nations commander. And, but he wanted to go on and, and, and go beyond the 38th parallel in Korea, but Truman wouldn't let him because he was afraid of the Chinese. So it would be a good thing that uh, if you go see the story Operation Chromite, they have it. They had it out on DVD. I don't know if you still can get a copy of it or not, but I would suggest everybody that wants to know about this stuff, because the communist regime, such as China and Russia, Russia was definitely involved in North Korea, and 
that's what a lot of people didn't realize that uh, Russia was actually involved in North Korea so they were kind of allied and, and that goes back to the Korean War uh, so if you can find a copy of uh, Operation Chromite I suggest you get a copy of it and really shows the eye-opening things that went on and why we supported South Korea which that was almost the same situation in Vietnam with JFK and North and South Vietnam. It was basically we were defending the right to democracy, free elections and free government and, and things like that. And how that uh, they intimidated the South and things and people and their elections and stuff like that to bring about communist leadership which is basically some of the same things that we're seeing right today in our country on our very own elections. And now the new subject too that just came in is that we were hacked into our uh, most secure stuff on the internet such as the Department of Defense, the Homeland Security, and uh, many of the other agencies like the U.S. Treasury and other things and it, it, it was hacked into all by the critical infrastructure in the internet in our country. Now if that is not an act of war and shouldn't be declared a national emergency and activate the National Security Act as well as the Emergency Powers Act that President Trump signed and put into law as, as he was elected in 2016 that that should be there too so I'd like to hear back for you do you think that that should be activated by President Trump and that we should do something about these people that are hacking into our most secure and defense related areas to, to protect this country and activate the National Security Act 187 so my e email is willpennington064 at gmail.com and I'd like to hear your comments back and uh, no, listen to how you think uh, the things ought to be done. And that's why my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. It is very uh, a critical issue, actually, if they're hacking into our Department of Defense and others like the Department of Treasury and other things of our American government. And the other question is, what is the Defense Intelligence Agency doing, the CIA doing, the National Security Agency doing, and their director. Why haven't we done anything about protecting this and done something about counter-espionage? There is things called counter-espionage that are related to our military defense systems, and why have they not unchained Delta for that reason? Delta Force is a counter-terrorism unit, and if you're using cyber warfare, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you should be a terrorist if, if you're hacking into the United States defense systems and things like that, that we should activate and release the Delta Force off the chain and let Delta sick them and let Delta Force chew on them for a while. So my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com. And I'd like to hear back about your opinion and things. And I'm on Spotify and several other platforms. But this is my podcast, The Problems of America. And I'm uh, bringing up some of the issues that are currently going on. And I had to update my podcast because I've got to get back on here and do my podcast that I usually do. As well as my blog. Because I have a blog too that I do things on too. But that's over on Facebook. And some of the stuff that I say on Facebook they don't always like so it may be hard to get it because <laughs> that's why I I was for a third party called the American Nationalist Party and and a political action committee of the American Nationalist Party and I believe that Democrats and Republicans both should be joining it <laughs> especially in defense of America we live here in this country this is our country and we should be defending this country from foreigners and the attacks of, that jeopardize our prosperity, our security, and many other things that are going on economically that need to be addressed. And there's many other things 
including some of the identity socialists that are in this country and how close they are to violating the Espionage Act that President Roosevelt installed many, many years ago that President Roosevelt, during the time of World War II and the bombing of Pearl Harbor the, uh, and the German, German War during the First World War, installed what was known as the Espionage Act. And it clearly stated that foreign entities and things serving foreign entities, taking money from foreign entities and things like that, was all a criminal act against this country and treason. And, and it, you could be prosecuted under the uh, National Espionage Act that President Truman put into place. Or not Truman, but President Roosevelt, because it started under Roosevelt and went on further under President Truman because President Truman prosecuted the people that leaked the information about the atomic bomb in the Manhattan Project, and we executed the scientist and his wife that leaked the project, the Manhattan Project nuclear information to Russia, to Stalin, and we, we executed, we gave them the death penalty for divulging the information of the atomic bomb to Stalin in Russia. So. That's, that's some of the other history of this country that many of these politically correct people don't want to hear, but that's the way it is, and that's the way it happened. And, and we did execute them for divulging the information on the Manhattan Project and our atomic projects. And we gave them the death sentence for that. So, anyways, that's just some of the information to come along. And I uh, wanted to pass that on, and I want to hear your opinions of what you think. Do you think that these people that are doing this stuff now, we should be either imprisoning or given the death penalty to for treason against the United States of America? And don't you think that these people should be rounded up under the Espionage Act and things like that to protect America and our, our country? I'd like to hear back from you. And especially, I want to know what the Defense Intelligence Agency is doing about these hacks. If you're the Defense Intelligence Agency, and you're in charge of the Defense Intelligence Agency of this country, and why has not the CIA or clandestine services been activated to defend? If you're the Defense Intelligence Agency of this country, why have you not activated the the clandestine services of this country to do something about it. And I tell you what, if you're the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and me as president, I would be questioning real quick why you're not doing anything about it. Especially if you know that we have a cyber attack against our primary, our primary intelligence and, and homeland security and places like that, why have you not acted? Because I tell you what, if you're my Defense Intelligence Agency director and you have failed to act to protect this country, you have failed to protect your oath of office and I am going to remove you from office. I'm going to fire you. It's as simple as that. If you're the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, you need to act to protect this country as your oath started, to protect from foreign and domestic enemies. So. That needs to be done, and if you're the defense intelligence, I would, as me as president in the cabinet meeting, I would hold an emergency cabinet meeting, and my directors would start answering questions I want answers to. That's all the way that happened with JFK, when they tried to convince JFK that they weren't building Cuban missile bases in the things, and JFK, as president, ordered surveillance buildings of Cuba, walked into the office, and when he had the cabinet meeting, slammed down the B-52 reconnaissance photos of Cuba, and he told his so-called experts, tell me they ain't building missile bases in Cuba. <laughs> and him as the president? <laughs> that would make me pissed, too. <laughs> I ordered a B-52 flight, got the reconnaissance photos, and you can clearly see that they were building bases, missile bases in Cuba. So that's what he said. I, and the problem was I was listening to my experts. And that's when JFK said, I'm not listening to my experts anymore because they ain't doing their job.
so that's what I, I taught you. That's an interesting piece of history. That's how we got to the 13 days of May. How us and Russia almost went to nuclear war with, because of Cuba and the naval blockade and the Russian ships trying to run the naval blockade. And that's how we got into the 13 days of May with the uh, strategic bombers in the air, both Russia and America. Both our strategic bombers were in the air and that's what created the red, the red phone and the blue phone. Red phone is in the president's, on the president's desk in Russia, I mean in Washington, and the blue phone is on the prime minister's desk in Russia, in Moscow. And either way, if you pick up that blue phone, it rings that red phone, and if you pick up the red phone, it rings the blue phone in Moscow. And that's because we're nuclear power number one, and Russia is number nuclear power number two. And both those lines are direct lines between Russia and the United States. They go to Moscow and they go to the United uh, Washington, D.C. And that phone sets right on the president's desk, the red phone, and on the Russian desk, prime minister desk, is the blue phone. And they both are direct connected. They can reach, all they got to do is pick up that phone and it rings the phone on the other end. And that's some of the Cold War history that almost got us into a nuclear war between us and the Russians back in the days of Fidel Castro and Rafael and the Bay of Pigs and, and the deals with Cuba and the missile crisis. And that's some of the same people that we're still fighting today is the socialist and like three republics because one, the Communist Party does, here's the thing about the Communist Party. Communist Party says there's no God. If you say there is a God, the Communist Party will either execute you or lock you up. And that's the thing about the Communist Party. If you say that there, there is a God or you're a Christian, you will be locked up by the Communist Party because the Communist Party declares that there is no God. And because the Communist Party says there's no God, and if you claim to be a Christian or anything like that, or there is a God, they will lock you up, throw away the key, or even kill you. And, and that's a fact, and if you want more information about that, uh, find the information about Operation Chromite under General Douglas MacArthur during 1950 and the Korean War. That will back up the information that I just told you. Anyways, I'm your host, Will Pennington of Problems of, the, of America, and my email is willpennington064 at gmail.com, and I'd like to hear back from you. And I'm on Spotify and several other platforms that they have picked me up on. And that's uh, this is the newest broadcast of December 20th on Sunday. And uh, I hope everybody has a good Christmas and, and a blessed new year. And I'll I'll have more for you later. That's for sure. Yeah, so good luck and good night.